From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. And today, we'll be talking with our two veteran investment advisor representatives, Adam Morse and Janet Griffith. Now, today, we're talking about the red flags to look for when hiring or working with an advisor. Even experienced investors can sometimes get stuck with advisors that offer them less than sage advice, and that can end up eroding your investment, let me tell you. Adam and Janet today will discuss the big red flags to look out for so you don't get sucked in by one of these kinds of advisors. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Keep it simple each and every week. Uh, you may email us with any podcast suggestions at podcast at assetbuilder.com. Just a reminder that you can find all links to websites and show notes mentioned in the show at assetbuilder.com slash podcast. All right, you guys, without further ado, let's get to the show. Miss Janet, tell Is that me, better? Tell me about your workout routine. <laughs> Pilates, mostly. Pilates. Nice. Pilates Some way is hard. I love it. I've yeah. done one class and it I went with one of my best friends pregnant wife. She was pregnant at the time because I'd always give her a hard time. Like, mm, mm-hmm. you know, you say you work out. It's come on, you're sliding around on a thing. She's like, All right, come with me. So I went with her. Yeah. She kicked my butt. Yeah. Like I was drenched in sweat. It's really, really hard. Most men that came to the class didn't come back. Yeah. It's really hard. Like it's a different type of strength Mm -hmm. that you just don't ever use. So like kind of yoga-y or just type Mm -hmm. of like tap? It's more, it's way more intense than yoga. Yeah. Because I've done yoga with Natalie and I mean, yoga, you can like, there's really not a way to do more than you're able to do in yoga, right? Like you get into a pose and you can either do the pose or you can't, but you always just kind of Whatever you can do, you more just mind don't over matter. Do. I think. Yeah, yeah. This is just like there are just some things I just was unable, like strictly yeah. unable to do, mm. and it's more intense. Like you're getting your heart rate up. It's more of a workout. Did you do the reformer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like that's the table well, with the bungees floor. on it? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was yeah. on the reformer. Yeah. That whole thing sucks. Yeah. Never. <laughs> she's right. Never went back. That's what about you, Jared? Uh, my workout routine. Includes bringing this equipment into work, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> driving home sometimes. Okay. Uh, could be tedious. I do think weightlifting is good. Like, I've been telling my mom this because I've been trying to get her, like, she'll like go for walks and stuff, which is great. But, like, from a health standpoint, especially as you get older, mm-hmm. injury is like the, f- the thing that usually causes elderly people to like go down a cliff. Mm-hmm. Like, once you get uh, hurt, then you can't be active and then you get weak and then you get hurt again. Yeah. And weightlifting in particular, the stress on your bones keeps your bones healthy. Yeah. And bones are what get weak, you know, as you age. So weightlifting is really, you don't have to be a lot. It can be five pounds, but just that type of stress in your body is really healthy when you're, as you age. All right. What are we talking about? Today, we're going to talk about the red flags uh, to look out for when either working for, or I'm sorry, working with or interviewing a new investment advisor. This is taken from a reliable website for a change. (laughs) Uh, this is from investor.gov and this is the red flags they've listed and I've, I've picked about six. All right, Adam, we'll start with you. So let's say someone asks you, this is red flag number one. Mm-hmm. Let's say someone asks you to pay for your investments by credit card, gift card, or wiring money abroad to a personal account. Mm-mm. Can you even believe that people do that? Yes. I might have actually talked about this on this podcast before, but very recently within, I would say, two months, one of my really close friends did this, was, was actually scammed. 
yeah by like a bitcoin trader guy and literally was contacted by him on instagram out of the blue which is a red flag in and of itself mm -hmm. but literally <laughs> venmoed him uh, the management fee uh, quote and and so that was he did it the first time and i want to say it was like i mean it was it was like five grand yeah Why? and sends Why? him sends him the, the money this guy tells him, okay, you know, I'm going to, no, it wasn't, I'm, let me take a step back. It wasn't the management fee. It was, that was his initial investment. And then he was going to, you know, I, I could guaranteed get it to, I don't know, remember the number, but like 20 grand or some outrageous amount guaranteed. over like 90 days or whatever. Did he use the word guarantee? Just curious. I can't say. Cause that's another certainty, red okay. But he basically said like, he showed him the information like, Hey, this is what I do. This is what always happens. Uh -huh. and, you know, this is in this world of Bitcoin where it's kind of like, there's a lot of, it's a new territory. So there's always going to be a lot of people out there on the fringes, you know, preying on people. Uh -huh. But you would think like, if you knew my friend, I mean, he's a successful, smart, professional individual. Like you would never guess he'd be the guy that would do this. But even he would tell you, like you get that little bit of greed mm -hmm. uh -huh. that seeps in and you're like, oh, if it's true. So he sends him the five. And of course, couple days go by past the line doesn't hear anything so he calls me just because he knows what i do he's like hey so he told me the guy told him hey i i have your money i'm ready to send it back to you it's a there's a two thousand dollar like basically he was describing like a settlement fee like to get your money out i need two thousand more dollars to get the money out and he told him like well your balance is up to like 39k yeah right so i'll send you the money i changed you to send me 2k first so he called me before <sighs> making that decision. He was like, hey, this is what he's telling me to do. Do you think I should do it? I said, absolutely not. Yeah. You're chasing, you know, you're putting good money after bad. Yep. You're never gonna see this money again. What did he do? Of course, he sent it, never saw it again. And so that was a you know $7,000 lesson he had to learn. But yeah, it, all that to say, it's a clear red flag, right? Like with anything, where would you ever go to a, you know, car shop if they fix your car? Would you send the money directly to the, you know, <laughs> bank account of the guy doing your work? No, no, you wouldn't. You would never do that in any other place. So you shouldn't do it here either. And it's a good point that you made that you don't have to be a dummy to be caught by these guys. No, okay. you don't have to be a dummy, but it also wasn't just a, a logic decision he was making or trying to be rational. It, I mean, like I said, he, he, he got greedy and people will exploit that. That's yeah. a real human mm -hmm. thing. And, and people know that. So they give you numbers that you know, and I walked him through, like, look, there's no investment in the world over that period of time. You cannot find one, not even Bitcoin, that returned that. There's no investment yeah. in the world that would return insane. that over the last 30 days or whatever the, the stretch was. So, yeah. you know, but people want to believe what they want to believe. And so you just got to, you have to be aware of your own biases. Yeah. And we've talked before, we, we should do an episode on biases, but just be aware of your own biases so that you don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a clear, clear red flag. Don't ever do it. That's a really good answer. Jan, it looks like you have some notes down here. I want to ask you whichever ones you have on there, which, which you got first. I have all of them. Oh, you have all? Oh, my gosh. Adam, do you see that kind of preparedness? Well, I'd like to hear what you have to say about that one. I thought yours was very good because he had a story, a story to tell. But my point on that is any legitimate advisor is not going to ask you to send money overseas or to their bank account. They're yep. going to set it up in a third party custodial account for you Yep. in your name. It'll be your money. You should never invest overseas yep. <laughs> because yep. you will never see that money again. And no one can help you get it back if you send it that far away. So. And it seems so obvious, but this happens all the time, doesn't it? 
It does. It happens a lot. And this is where it's helpful, you know, for us as a fiduciary, we're able to say, hey, we don't even hold the money. Like we're an RIA. All we do is right. give advice and direct the holder of the money where to put the money. Schwab is the one holding the money. And so we have the benefit of being able to point to an institution like Schwab and say, yeah. hey, everyone knows the name of Schwab, similar with Fidelity right. or TD Ameritrade. So right. that's why a lot of RAs like us do that, right? Because A, you don't want the cost and the liability of becoming a custodian and the complexity, mm-hmm. but B, you know, in the scheme of things, who's asset builder, right? Like a lot of people would say, well, do I really just want to put my money mm-hmm. with this company that, you know, we're successful in everything, but yep. I, you're not Schwab at the end of the day. You don't have that right. kind of name recognition. So anytime you work with anybody that is their own broker dealer, it, it it would be helpful to just make sure you do your research, make sure they're legit, you know. Yeah. Make sure if, if they're not, you know, a name that you're familiar with and that I've heard of, uh-huh. just make sure you, you go that extra mile to, to kind of vet them. Yeah. That, you know, most advisors pull fees directly from the managed account. So you should be able to see everything happening. You should yeah. be able to see where that money's coming from and how much cash is being held in the account. You should be able to see that transaction. Right. Uh, if, if you can't see any of that, you know. Chan, anything to add on to that? No. no, that's good. That covers it. Ms. Shannon, my second one is if someone tells you it is a risk-free opportunity, mm. how on earth can any investment be risk-free? It's not. <laughs> That's not a true statement. There will always be risk. And yeah. they're probably also guaranteeing or suggesting that you're going to be getting some pretty high returns from this investment. And the higher the return, the higher the risk always exactly. in this industry. So so it's just simply not a true statement. That's definitely a red flag. Turn around and walk away. If there's a guarantee. And how would someone put that into, because I don't feel like someone, would somebody actually say risk-free or would they kind of put it in terms that are, you know, they don't say those words with, you know, they say it without saying it. I don't know. I think they might say that, especially if they believe that you are risk averse. They're probably going to say, but this is risk-free. You don't have anything to worry about. Right. I can, I can hear someone saying that to try to get your money. So, especially if they're not legitimate, if they're legitimate, they would never say it. So, exactly, or even subtly say it. I mean, can they even legally say that? Because I know at the bottom of our all of our articles. Well, no, but if they're not legitimate, they're probably not being regulated. So, yeah, good point. It's a very good point. I mean, if you're if you're not playing by the rules, you don't care about any of that. Yep. Right. So you're going to say whatever you need to say, and I mean, I think there are probably some people that'll try to massage it, and you know. I'm not saying, but I'm saying that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of statement mm-hmm. just to make you question. Um, and they might throw around terms like risk-free rate, you know, and mm. there are ways you could package it. But at the end of the day, an advisor, especially an advisor that's a fiduciary, should be very open about the risk involved. That's one of the main components of any investment that you should be, you know, factoring right. and assessing as an investor or as an advisor. You have to be aware of that. And right. That's not something to run from. It's something to, you know, that's a service we provide to our clients is explaining that to them and helping them understand the risk involved so that they're taking the exact right amount. Right. So it's not a bad thing. Risk is not a bad thing. Risk is what gives you the, mm-hmm. the return that you need. Right. Um, not only how much are you willing to take, but how much can you legitimately take for this investment, depending on what, exactly. why you're investing it. 
Yep. Right. So risk is important to the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a good thing, right? It's not a, it's, it, well, I shouldn't say it's a good thing. It's not a good or a bad thing. Right. It's just a thing. I say yeah. that all the mm-hmm. time. These notions get attached to words because in life, the idea of risk unsettles us. Like, I don't want to take risk with my life. I don't want to take right. risk with my kids. But risk in terms of an investment is just a part of the calculation. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing. Without risk, you get no return which is exactly what Janet's talking about. So any advisor that's trying to avoid or undersell or under-explain risk, that in and of itself is a red flag because, mm-hmm. you know, why would they mm-hmm. unless they were doing something that was nefarious? I ran into, a, actually, I saw a website on TV two days ago before this recording, and it was exactdaytosell.com. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm dead serious. Do they do they charge money or do they just monetize ads? You have to watch a video which will tell you which <laughs> this and that to buy and the exact day and time, you uh, know, to buy certain ads. It's just interesting. Well, you know, it's <laughs> it's advice. <laughs> exact say to, exact day to sell dot com. Wow. Yeah. Wouldn't take long for that to probably fall apart. Um, okay, Adam. So we the third one was actually going to be all but guarantees returns, which you pretty much just talked about. Um, so we'll just skip to number four. Uh, pressure to invest right now. Why would mm. why would an advisor do that? Most of the time, if you have someone pressuring you uh-huh. to invest now, that's more I think just playing on the human emotion. Well, I don't want to miss out. Okay. Right. Like, oh, this is an opportunity. Like, you got to get on now, or else, or else, miss it. Yeah, it just kind of creates that feeling of, you know, it's it's eroding your ability to think rationally. It's eroding your ability to take time to assess the options and the the pros and the cons. Mm-hmm. And it's just making you make a pressure decision. Right. It doesn't mean you'll make the decision to invest, but it probably increases the odds that you'll make the decision to invest because you're not thinking clearly, right? You're just, right. they're playing on that. Ooh, ooh, like it's a limited option. And anything scarce as humans, we're attracted to. No ethical advisor would do something like that, would they, Janet? No, and especially if you get a call and it's unsolicited, then then that's a double whammy. I mean, obviously, if you're looking into an investment that has a window of opportunity, then then you know about that. But if someone's calling you or reaching out to you and saying, you've got one day to do this, no. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> she. You yeah. make a very good point because... Look, 99.9% of the time, that's an artificial construct. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like there is no deadline. There is no window right. for most investors, right. for mutual fund stocks. Right. Whatever you're into, options, you could invest today, you could invest tomorrow. Right. It doesn't matter. It'll so, be there tomorrow. If yeah. it's a good investment, it Whoever will is still saying be that, there. They've made the decision yeah. that there's a deadline. There is no actual deadline imposed on them. So it's good. I'm glad she said that. Number five. You guys ready for number five? Let's go. All right. So this is, um, well, this is, uh, maybe something you just said, Janet, but unsolicited pitches seeking to obtain your personal information. Well, yeah, that's a huge deal right now. Maybe not so much in the investment world, but just in general, especially um, on the elderly, right? Calling yes. you up and and trying to get your bank account number, your social security number, your address, whatever it is that they are looking for to, to be able to take money away from you. So just never do it. Never give that information to anyone unless you, again, you have sought out. Maybe you are refinancing your house or something, then obviously you have to provide that information. But 
But if someone calls you up and says they need that, they don't. If you think it's legitimate, you still, you get their name, their information, you hang up and you call the company that they're associated with. Mm-hmm. Do your research. Always. And I, I think it is tough for what we do, right? Because, I mean, to be able to do our jobs, we do have to have some, I mean, legally, we have to right. have some personal information on you. So, right. yeah. It, you know, if you work with Asset Builder or you work with any advisor at some point, guess what they're going to ask you for your mm-hmm. name, yep. your home address, your right. social security number, right. your employment information, yada, yada, yada. But again, I think to Janet's point, the direction of that initiation is important, right? Mm-hmm. If someone's just reaching out to you with that information and prompting you to give them that information, that's the red flag. Mm-hmm. If you've reached out to me, right? I didn't seek you out. You called me, said, hey, I'm mm-hmm. interested in working with you. We go through this process. I'll set expectations right. for you in terms of, hey, this is what we're going to need. Here's why we need it. Here's mm-hmm. the type of information I'll never ask you for. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and, and even bank account information. If, if clients want money dispersed, we got to get their bank right. account information to right. set that up. So there are times, but again, it's about think logically, right? Try to, try to be aware of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense in the context of what you're doing, and importantly, if you've initiated that, Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes sense in the scenario. But if someone calls you up and just says, hey, in order to, to do this, we need this, this, and this. You got to give it to me right now, right now, right now. Yeah. No, not going to make sense. Last one, and then we'll get to how to subvert these things. Offers that sound too good to be true. Pretty much kind of in line with, every, with everything we've been saying. But what, mm-hmm. what's... Yeah, I mean, look, it's tough if... I think any experienced investor is going to be able to, with some success, kind of sniff out the the too good to be true things. Because if you've invested for any amount of time, you kind of have a feel for how returns work, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just kind of inherently learn like, oh, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not great. Sometimes it's less not great. Sometimes it's really not great. Sometimes it's incredible. But it's never just a steady 8%, 8%, 8%, right? Right. And that was what, so like if you look at, the Madoff scandal. That was what was so mm-hmm. remarkable about mm-hmm. that was that so many people, and that's where you kind of hear these arguments of, look, there was some culpability by some of those investors. I'm not saying I fall into that that category, uh-huh. but you, if you had had any experience investing at all, you should have recognized mm-hmm. something's not right. Uh-huh. It's not a steady march up, and it was only ever a steady march up at the same intervals for all those investors. So if they stayed, they were doing it either knowingly or subconsciously having to be aware that something was amiss because that's just not how any investment works. Right. So experienced investors should have more success. If you're a new investor, I think it's really important, as we always say, to do your research, right? Mm -hmm. Understand how returns work. Understand the nature of the types of investments you're looking at getting into Mm -hmm. um, on a broad basis before you start talking to any individual advisor or anybody that you're going to be working with because... With, without that knowledge, it's going to be much easier to kind of fall into, you know, because you don't really have any preconceptions on how these things work, on what it feels like to be invested in different things. So mm-hmm. um, I think it just comes down to trying to educate yourself as much as possible. Yeah. I would also strongly suggest that anywhere you go to get educated, understand yeah. how that person or that source is compensated, right? Yeah. This is what it always goes exactly. back to in this industry, right? And Janet can mm-hmm. probably speak to this. Is yeah. We're very clear about how we're compensated here. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. We have one stream of revenue, and it is the management fee to our clients. So our only motive, our only financial motive, is to do what's in the best interest of our mm-hmm. clients because that's, that's the only thing that's in our best interest. 
if yeah. other, you know, if you're getting advice from someone that's only going to be compensated by following that advice. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's, you need to back up a step and, and think about that. Right. So yeah. always understanding where's the money flowing and how are people compensated most often is going to lead you to what is their motive. Right. And the right. more clean their motive, the more likely you're going to be to get good advice. So it may not be fraud, but it may not be the best investment for you. Right. If it's a legitimate business that's trying to sell you something, then they may be making a commission on that mm-hmm. product. So it's they want to sell it, not right. they aren't looking, is this the best way for you to invest this money? So, so that's very important as well. Um, if someone says, some, if it's too good to be true, we teach this to our kids, right? Because we, you know, that's the saying. If it's too good to be true, then it is, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, they're just, they're working hard to sell you something. And if it's that amazing, they shouldn't be having to work that hard to sell it to you, right? Good point. So. Exactly. I mean, I think a simple metric for this, right? Like if you want to say, how do I know? Like, give me a number. Uh-huh. I think a fair test, like step one should be, are they guaranteeing me a return? Yeah. Okay. Red flag number one. Now yep. you can guarantee a return if you're buying CDs, right? Well, yeah. But, yeah. but, <laughs> Good point. but any type of reasonable return, A, are they guaranteeing me a return? B, is that return that's guaranteed above, let's say the S&P 500 for 10 years? Yeah. Any 10 year stretch. If you're beating the S&P 500 for 10 years, uh-uh. Now I, now I have questions because all the data in the world points to people don't beat the market for long stretches of time. Right. Right. So that's just kind of a, a you know, lick your fingers, stick in the air type of like mm-hmm. rationality. So long-term performance. Test. Yeah, exactly. What's the long-term performance of this thing? Because most people, and, and by most I mean all, over long stretches of time, don't beat the market. Uh-huh. So, you know, they That's might be point. able to cherry pick a year or two year stretch where they did. But if they're representing mm-hmm. to you that for the last 10, 15 years uh-uh. and, you know, so for instance, I, I've talked about this before, but I learned a lot of what I learned from a young age when it comes to just money management. And like, I'm not talking finance. I'm talking like building a budget for your home, saving money, you know, the envelope mm-hmm. method. These were things my grandmother taught me. She uh-huh. opened up the first Roth I ever had when I was nine for doing work on her pool. So nice. I learned a lot from her and they were. You know, she was a school counselor for 40 years. She didn't make a lot of money, but she retired comfortably because she was so disciplined mm-hmm. and so sound with extremely simple concepts. She followed these extremely simple concepts for yep. 40 years yeah. and it worked. Yeah. So I always listened to her. And so because of that kind of relationship and that kind of touch point that we had, as she got older, you know, she would, you know, and as I got into doing what I do for a living, she would always send me these emails, right? An alarming number of emails, like just on a consistent <laughs> basis. It was amazing. I ended up actually having to create my own folder where it would just automatically forward her emails to my own. I called her grandmama. It was a grandmama folder because mm-hmm. they were just so many. I, I had to like separate them to keep track. Anyway, long <laughs> story funny. short, she would send me these newsletters, right? And these newsletters would tell you, hey, we have our, our dream fund it's now open and we want to make it available to you as a subscriber on a limited basis for a special price. Yeah. Here's what the dream fund would have done over the last 10 years. Would have. Would have. Uh-huh. Now that's a key phrase, mm-hmm. right? Would have because, well, okay. So all you had to do, that's like me telling you, right? Yeah. What anything would do. Yeah. Here's uh-huh. the, my dream picks. Yeah. Here's how these dream Super Bowl picks would have mm-hmm. done over the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So you just Google the last 10 Super Bowl winners. Same exact thing. I can build an investment that back tests 
beautifully because I know what the winners were. So I just picked the winners of history. Mm-hmm. It's more about what's it going to do. I don't care about what it already did. If it already did well, then statistically it's more likely to not do well mm-hmm. moving forward. Go. So it's it's wording like that, right, that you just have to be highly aware of that if it's really, really, really good, yeah, that's there's your sign, right? You, you could look at our portfolios. Mm-hmm. They're very sound and they're very predictable over long periods of time. But I could pick... You know, multiple time frames right now where our portfolios are, hmm. Yeah. Because guess what? That's what investing looks like. You're uh-huh. going to have periods like that. So what we always preach is, well, what do you control? You don't. You can't avoid those periods. Right. If you're investing in a legal, real way, right, you're going to have those periods. It's about how do you react to those periods. That's where you get leverage. That's yeah. where you get the advantage. And that's what, yeah. you know, Janet and I spend our days talking to people about. Very good. Janet, Something you said about your grandmother and how she took a simplified approach to investing mm-hmm. and it, uh-huh. it worked out beautifully to her. And, and we believe in that here at Asset Builder. So exactly. I'm the proponent of if it's complicated, don't do it. If it doesn't make sense to you, don't do it. Yeah, exactly. So. That's the key. If, it, if you don't understand it, because investing is not that complicated. It really isn't. Mm-mm. Are you we, saying they should keep it simple? I am saying this shit. Exactly. And it always boils back down to that, right? Is that we, and we hold that as a point of pride. Yeah. I think the industry has always held it as a point of pride slash it's in their advantage to be really complicated. It doesn't have to be, right? It does not have to be. And we're proof of that. So if it is really complicated and you don't understand it, it's probably a good time to just, okay, I'm not going to do it because you need to understand what, however your money is being managed. It's key. Exactly. Jen, is there anything on your sheet of paper that would be a good point to yeah. to end the podcast on that we may, may have missed? What's another good one, if you have anything else? Well, <clears throat> the first one you had on the list was unlicensed professional. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell you they're unlicensed, but you can find out. So any investment advisor, broker, dealer is registered with the SEC. So go online, mm-hmm. check it out, check or out state. their company or the state as well. Right. So it's easy. Uh, I've got the website here for you. Go ahead. Advisorinfo.sec.gov. Type in that person's name, the company that they're, they work for, and you should be able to get any information if they've had any infractions as well. So... That's such a simple point, but like such a good one. It's like, I don't know, let's just make sure they're licensed first. Like that's such a good point. I can't believe people try to do it unlicensed. It seems so nefarious or so blatantly nefarious. Yeah. I mean, I I think I don't, there are people that do blatantly just call themselves an investment advisor. So, you know, my title, right? Like Janet and I's Mm -hmm. title, what we are licensed to do is what's called an investment advisor representative. The investment advisor title, like the RIA title actually applies to the entity asset mm-hmm. builder. We are investment advisor representatives, meaning we're representatives of the firm asset mm-hmm. builder, which is the investment advisor. Uh-huh. So all these terms like very specific, and I'm sure there is someone out there fraudulently claiming to be an investment advisor representative that does not have their Series 65 license. Now, I think more what is probably common is that people will call themselves just advisors or something. An investment advisor. Investment expert. Liaison. It's just that that extra layer of credibility that you're going to get from doing that that background research. And Google. I mean, if there's a 
fraudulent activity going on out there. They've probably already have mm-hmm. affected other people and they, people put that stuff on the internet. So yeah. I know I was trying to sell some furniture on eBay and I got a really strange um, cryptic kind of message from someone about if I sent him the cash or, oh, you know, gosh. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, that's weird. So I started Googling and sure enough, you know, there's, there it is. It's right there. Yep. If someone, if something's suspicious to you, you can probably research and find out mm-hmm. that it is a fraudulent activity or, or a non-legitimate person or company that is trying to get your money. Couldn't Any, agree more. Anything else, guys? I think we've covered it. I mean, it's a good basis, at least. You know, there's always going to be. And if any of you guys listening have had experiences of, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, interesting or, or, you know, I'm sure at the time it felt uh-huh. painful. But, you know, if you learned anything or experienced anything out there that, you know, you think would be interesting, please send it to us. We're yeah. always looking to hear new things. We get a lot mm-hmm. of stories from clients, but there's a lot of people out there. So, yeah, feel free to yeah. send us your stories because we can always, you know, you'll be doing some good by doing that. Yeah. You'll be helping other people. Exactly. So always feel free to reach out to us, mm-hmm. hit us up with your questions and let us know if there's anything else you want us to talk about. And we'll guarantee you some returns in the process, right? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. I'm going to cancel that right now. <laughs> All right. You guys, thank you for your time. We'll see you next week. You're welcome. Looking forward to it. Bye. If you have any questions for Adam or Janet concerning this topic or anything else, please visit us at our home on the web, assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find their contact information as well as the show notes for every episode. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com.